let's dive into it. Over the last several weeks, we have been going through the book of Ephesians. And uh, if you haven't been here with us, it's, it's okay. If you've missed some, that's not a big deal. Um, just go back and you can listen or you can go through Ephesians on your own, however you want to do it. But we are on week four. We are midway through chapter two. And Ephesians is a difficult book. Not difficult in understanding or, or what it's saying. It's a challenging book for us as Christians. It's a challenging book for, for believers when it was received, I'm sure, as well as it is here in 2023. It's pushing us to understand the true doctrine that Jesus brought. Um, the, the church of Ephesus w- was established and pastored for a long time by Paul. Um, when he left, he left Timothy there to continue on the mission. But unfortunately, there was some people that came in that, that thought they knew and thought they understood, and they, they started to get into leadership. And as they got into leadership, they started to twist the words of Jesus. And so when, when Paul was addressing this, he, he wrote this letter and was like, look, guys, here is the truth. Here is what Jesus actually taught. Here's what we as believers in Jesus believe. Um, and this was, this was a big deal for the church of Ephesus, specifically because there were so many different cultures that had come together. Uh, the, the city of Ephesus, like I've explained before, is kind of like what we view maybe Seattle or Houston in, in our current day. It's a port city. There's lots of culture. There's lots of different bodies of beliefs and, and different, um, just different cultures represented. So the church was the same way. It was made up of Jews and Gentiles and, and people from all different walks of life, which is a great deal for the church until those cultures start bringing in their own ideologies. And so this is, this is Paul's way of kind of bringing everybody back to center. Um, and of course, Ephesus, because of what it was, because it was a port city, because it was the capital of Asia Minor, it, it was constantly moving. People were constantly coming through and, and, and things were changing. It was the truest form of what we see as a melting pot as far as what scripture is concerned. And so that's a very important piece of today. So as we go through that, think about these different cultures coming together, these different ideologies. Um, Over the last few weeks, we've covered several topics. The first week we talked about predestination and what Paul truly meant by that, how we are predestined. It is a determination, but all are predestined. All are chosen by God. And as long as you choose him back under the understanding that Jesus was sent to die for our sins, you can be saved. That's what week one was. Week two, we talked about personal and spiritual growth, how when we rely on Jesus, when we rely on our faith in him, we ourselves can grow. We can, we can develop and become more and more involved with him, and, and it just continues to blossom in our spirits. We also see that once again, Jesus reigns over everything. That, that's a common theme throughout Ephesians, or Ephesians is that there's, there's, these people are scared, they're, they're not understanding And he's bringing them back to Jesus rules over everything. That was week two. Last week, or two weeks ago, excuse me, last week we had Mother's Day, so we talked about mothers and um, the impact you can have as a mother on your children. But the week before that, we we talked about the gospel. He laid out the gospel. He laid out what it looks like to come to faith in Jesus, 
what it looks like to understand and know what Jesus is about. That's what the first half of chapter 2 is. So as we dive into it today, again, we're going to start midway through chapter 2, starting in verse 11. But once again, we immediately run into a conjunction. Verse 11 says, Therefore, so like we've talked about, if we have a conjunction, we need to know what it's connecting to. If we don't know where we're coming from, it's, we'll still understand where we're going, but it's better to take a step back. So verse 10 ends like this. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So God has prepared us. He has created us. We, we talked about how workmanship comes from the word poema, which is where we get our word poem. God has created you specifically to be who you are. Therefore, he continues on, starting in verse 11. Therefore, remember that at one time you were Gentiles in the flesh, called the, un- called the uncircumcision, by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at a time separated from God, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenant of promise, having no hope without God in the world. Verse 13, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. So Paul addresses this very controversial topic at the time. This was a very debated on topic within probably every church across the known world at this point. Is Christ just for the Jews or is he for everyone? This was, a, this was a huge topic for them because, of course, for the Jews, they, they knew he was for them. They, they knew that, that God had promised a Messiah, that, that everything that Jesus did throughout his ministry fulfilled over 50 prophecies that had been laid out. Just over and over again, Jesus pointed that he was what God had promised. So, of course, the Jews were like, yeah, he's for us. He's absolutely for us. But he's for everyone, is what Paul is saying. There was a, a, one of the commentaries I read that said that there were Jews that believed that Gentiles were only created to be fuel for the fires of hell. That was their belief. Because they were separated, they, they were set apart, they were children of God, and everybody else, oh well. But that's not what God promised. God promised that Jesus was sent for all. Jesus promised that he was sent for all. So Paul explains that because of this covenant with God, the Gentiles were once excluded. He tells them, he said, you were once separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenant of promise. God had made a promise to the nation of Israel. You are my children. This is what I promise you. I will will be there with you. I will protect you. And even when they were knuckleheads, even when they fell away from what they were supposed to do, God was still faithful. God continued to be faithful and continued to move for his people. But his people needed a savior. And not only did his people need a savior, but the world needed a savior. So he promised a Messiah. He promised one that would come and get rid of this covenant. God had a promise with the Jews, but Jesus was sent to fulfill that covenant. When, when Jesus is dying on the cross, he says, it is finished. 
the, the veil is torn in two, and the communication between man and God is open. Jesus was sent for all. But he tells him, at one time, you were separated from Christ. The conversation of, of circumcised versus uncircumcised was also a big issue within the church at the time. It was a huge issue within the church at the time. Because the Jews, they, had born, they were born understanding that this was a promise they had to fulfill. So they're telling these new people coming to faith, you have to go through this in order to be one of us. That is a scary thought for a fully grown adult to understand this process. You now have to go through this very, very difficult surgical procedure to be a part of us. And so it was deterring people away from Christ when really Christ was not the one setting this as a standard. He was coming to bridge that gap. He continues on, verse 14. For he himself is our peace. He who has made us both one and has broken down in flesh the dividing wall of hostility. This is exactly what he's talking about. This is exactly what Jesus did for us. He, he himself is our peace. He bridged that gap between us being able to communicate with God and be there with God and be in the presence of him. But he himself was our peace. breaking down the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of the commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace. And it might reconcile us both to God and one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. Jesus was sent to do a few things. He was here to be our peace. He was here to break down the walls between the Jews and the Gentiles. They did not get along. They did not get along whatsoever. We, we see racial divide in our country. We see cultural divide in our country. But these people hated each other. They, they could not coexist. This is why the story of the Good Samaritan stood out to so many people in this time. How, how would this Samaritan, this Gentile, step up to save a Jew? It does not make sense because they are supposed to hate each other. But Jesus came to remove that. He came to remove the hostility that was there between the cultures. Not only that, he was there to, to bridge the gap between the Old Testament law and the Jews. They had this promise. They had this Old Testament that laid out everything that they were required to do. But because of human imperfection, that was never going to be the case. So in order to bridge that gap, God sends Jesus. He sends Jesus to bring all people together. No more are we separated by who we were and who we used. We're all coming together in Christ. In God, through Jesus himself. In doing so, sending Jesus, again, he fulfills that covenant that was between God and the Jews. He creates this bridge for all to get to God, no matter what culture they were from, no matter what belief system they were born and raised in, they could come to faith in Jesus now. Jesus brings in this, this inclusion that was once not there. This means, like we spoke about a few weeks ago, anyone can come to Jesus. 
Anyone can come and choose to believe in God. They can now come to Him through Jesus and establish this everlasting relationship with Him. That is what Jesus has offered. This was huge, not just for the church of Ephesus, but for this this letter being passed around the the region. It, It goes to Ephesus, but it continues on to the other churches and the other groups of believers. These churches weren't just made up of Jews, but it was the exact opposite. The churches were made up of some Jews, but they were also made up of Gentiles and Romans and Greeks and all of these different cultures that are going, but they're telling us, but you're saying, who is Jesus for? Jesus is for all. This is why this message is so important. This message is so important for us to understand. You were welcome into the family. You were, you were more than welcome to be a part of what we're doing here. It's not just one specific group anymore. Please come in. You're all welcome. That's what Jesus is offering. And because that's what Jesus is offering, that's what we should be offering. Our doors should be open, and our doors are open for anyone that wants to come in here and worship Jesus as King. Our doors are open for everyone. This is why this message is so important. No longer is Jesus just for one group, but Jesus is for all. He would continue on. Verse 17, And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. Through him we have access in one spirit to the Father. Paul describes what Jesus did during his time and why it's so significant to us. He came and he preached. He he preached inclusion. He preached Jesus for all, faith for all, salvation for all. He preached to those who were far off, the Gentiles who were removed from God and not a part of Israel, those who were separated from God. Can you imagine when when your life was separated from God how that was? And at the point up to this, they didn't have the option to be connected. Non-believers, separated from God, separated from compassion, separated from love, separated from everything that the Father can bring. He also said he was there to preach peace to those who were near. He was there to preach peace to to the Jews that were there. Those who already had this connection to God, Paul is here giving once again the mindset of inclusion. Everything that we do is for everyone. He continues to push this and continues to go. And he goes on and says, Jesus came, he preached to the Jews, he preached to the Gentiles, and he went around in order for all to be saved. No longer was there this pullback of just one group but Jesus for everyone. He continues on. Verse 19, So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also being built together in a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. 
Paul puts this nice little bow on it. He puts this nice little wrap-up. He, he comes to this conclusion. And now for the fourth time, he, he gives this exclamation. You are no longer strangers. Come to Jesus. Come, come, and, come and be a part of this family of God. It's here for you. It's free. Jesus died for you in order for you to come and be a part of this. Jesus is for all. Inclusion is for all. Just come to the Father. And this is all because of Jesus. This is all because of what Jesus brought when he came to die on a cross for us. He's brought you into the family that had already been established, and he continues to build on this foundation of Jesus. Jesus explained this himself when he's at, when, at the end of Matthew. He's explaining to Paul or to Peter, excuse me. He, he asked him, he said, who are they saying that I am? And of course, Peter's like, you know, they, they think you might be Elijah. They think you might be a prophet. He said, who do you think I am? He said, I think you're the Messiah. Absolutely right, I'm the Messiah. And he tells him, on this idea, on this understanding, on, on the fact that I have been sent here to die for everyone's sins, that is the cornerstone. Paul points back to Jesus' words in Matthew. Jesus is the cornerstone. Verse 20, built on a foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus being the cornerstone. Paul is pointing directly to the words of Jesus. If we're going to establish this faith, the only thing that's going to hold it up is knowing and understanding who Jesus is. That is the only thing that's going to hold this up. Religion won't hold it up. Tradition won't hold it up. Jesus holds up our faith. The last thing, finally, one last word. You are in a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. When you come to faith in Jesus, when you come to, to salvation in Jesus, the Holy Spirit floods over you. The Holy Spirit is then connected onto you and is with you forever. In the highs and the lows and the worries and the doubts, you are a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. That is what salvation in Jesus offers to you. Again, this letter was sent out for, for the church of Ephesus, for the region around it, for everybody who was open and willing to read this letter. But it's also for us. It's also for us to understand what it is that we're doing here. We're not just here to play church and to know or to understand and, and hear the words and to hear the songs and go, man, that was great, and go on. It's for us to have instruction and understanding of who God truly is, who Jesus truly is, and what he has in store for believers. So there's two things that this section really, truly gives to us. The first one is, Jesus was sent for you. That should not be a question in your mind whatsoever. If you ever doubt or wonder or think, you know, maybe if this isn't, Jesus was sent for you. He was sent to die on a cross for you. He had you in mind when he died on that cross. Jesus was sent for you. He came to die on this cross and to pay the price of our sins. 
and to return to the right hand of God. That's why Jesus came to this earth. He came to spread a message and to meet people where they are, to establish the church of how we know it today. He would continue on with telling, with telling Peter and Matthew, on this cornerstone is what this church is going to be built in, and because of the work that you're going to continue to do after I'm long gone, that is what my church will be built on, and the fires of hell will not with, go against it. That is what he has built this for. To establish the church, to have it move forward and bridge the gap between us and God. Between Jews and God, between Gentiles and God, sinners and whoever it is, Jesus was sent for you. More importantly, Jesus was sent for all. Jesus was sent for anybody and everybody that you come into contact with. We are not some elite class that God had separated out beforehand and said, these are my people. He said, go and make disciples of all nations. He wanted every soul to come to him. All are welcome to come to Jesus. It doesn't matter race or culture or, or former belief systems or political leanings. It does not matter where they're at. Anyone who comes to Jesus completely stripped of pride and they can admit that they are lost. They believe in Jesus as the Son of God. 100% inclusion. Jesus is for all. And this is a huge thing for us to understand. As believers in Jesus, as those who go out into the world to show the love of Christ, this is a huge deal for us to understand. There are people in this world that we're not going to agree with. It's as simple as that. There are people we are not going to agree with. Jesus is for them. There are people that have different social beliefs than you do. Jesus is for them. There are people who have different political beliefs than you do. Jesus is for them. We can no longer let any of these ideas or these thoughts stand in the way of us presenting the gospel to them. Because here's the thing. My biggest worry, my biggest concern for the American church, and it has been for many years, is we are going to become known for the things that we hate more than the Savior that we love. Because we're so quick to talk about the things we don't like. We're so quick to talk about the things we don't agree with, that we don't stand by, we have got to the point where we have started to, instead of just hating the sin, we've started to hate the sinner. The enemy is not people. The enemy is Satan. And when we hate the person because of what they're doing, we miss the opportunity to present the gospel to them. Because Jesus is for everyone. We have to meet people where they are. We see it time and time again in Scripture, Jesus meeting people where they were. They weren't required to come to him. They weren't required to be here on Sunday mornings at 10 p.m. to hear the gospel. Jesus met them exactly where they were. He went into the home of sinners. He ate with sinners. He, but he presented the gospel to them. Because salvation is for everyone. We cannot 
continue to be consumed with the things that we hate. The things that we feel like we have to stand up against and push back against. If we would just lead people to Jesus, Jesus will sort it out. It's not your job, it's not my job, it's not any of our jobs to sort out the sin in somebody's life. That's for Jesus. If we would just continue to present the gospel, because like Paul continuously says, like Jesus said throughout the scripture, salvation's for everyone. If we will just continue to present the gospel to people exactly where they are, Jesus will sort out the rest. Because just like Jesus isn't done sorting out the sin in your life, new believers that are coming to Jesus are going to be the same. And it's going to be hard and it's going to be difficult, but we're there to walk alongside people and to provide support for people. We're not there to condemn them for their lives or for what they've been. That's not between us and them. That's between them and God. We have to meet people where they are. Because once again, Jesus is for everyone. So if you're here today and you've put your faith in Jesus, I encourage you to to leave today with that same mindset. Again, there are people we won't agree with. There are people that, that just maybe bug us or irritate. It doesn't matter. They need the love of Jesus just like any of us do. Just like any of those children that just ran into that room do. We all need the love of Jesus. And if you're here today and you've never given your life to him, I encourage you to do so. Because again, there is no better place to be than to be walking down the path that God has put you on, that God has called you to, because we're all called to do something. We're all called to to be something for the kingdom of God. And there is no better place to be than walking the path that God has put you on.